I'm Christine Harriser, and this is Short Take, a German films podcast. Uta Brisewitz was born and raised in Leverkusen, Germany. Growing up, she showed a great interest in painting and considered becoming an artist before her other love, cinema, led her to pursue a career in filmmaking. After graduating and directing from the prestigious Berlin Film and Television Academy, Uta moved to America to attend the American Film Institute, AFI, in Los Angeles. She originally applied for the directing program at AFI, but was accepted for her second choice, cinematography. During her studies, she was awarded the Mary Pickford Foundation Award for Outstanding Work in Cinematography, as well as a scholarship from the Karl Duisburg Foundation to attend her second year at AFI. She earned her degree from AFI in 97. Her strong early resume got her noticed by executive producer Robert Colesbury in 2002, who hired her to shoot the critically acclaimed HBO series The Wire in Baltimore. Her TV credits include the Emmy-nominated Homeless to Harvard, True Blood, the pilot for Showtime's United States of Terror, and the pilot for Fresh of the Boat. Uta shot all three seasons of HBO's Hung, which earned her a Primetime Emmy nomination in 2010 for Outstanding Cinematography for a Half-Hour Series. She has also several feature film credits to her name. In June 2007, Uta was honored by Women in Film and Kodak with the Kodak Vision Award, and in 2008 was named by Variety as one of 10 cinematographers to watch. In 2013, Uta was invited to become a member of the ASC. Hung gave her the opportunity to start directing episodic television. Her directing credits include Orange is the New Black, Jane the Virgin, This Is Us, Altered Carbon, Jessica Jones, Westworld, The Deuce, and Stranger Things. Most recently, Uta helmed the pilot for Amazon's fantasy series, The Wheel of Time, shooting in Europe, featuring Rosamund Pike in one of the leads. Uta lives with her husband and their two children in Los Angeles. I talked to her via Zoom for this interview. Hi Uta, thank you for joining us today. A podcast short take is meant to give our listeners a better idea of you and your work. I'm going to ask you 19 questions, some personal, some less so. There's no need to overthink the answers. Let's just have some fun. Thanks for being here today. Okay, great. Thanks for having me, Christina. Let's dive right in. How would you describe your mood or state of mind in three words? In a certain way, it's a firework with everything that's going on. Keeping myself to three words. Okay, given that we're living a pandemic and we just had a big election here in America, I would say concerned, but hopeful. What is your favorite way to spend time? That's a quick one. My kids, my kids, my kids, my kids, my kids. And of course, my husband as well, but just my kids who continuously surprise me. And they're, it sounds so cheesy, just children, especially your own children <laughs> are just so interesting. You know, they, you, you just either see parts of yourself in them or you like thinking, where the hell is that coming from? That must be my husband's side. And you see them grow into their own little people, you know, and uh, it's just endlessly entertaining and lots of fun. What is your guilty pleasure? Okay, this guilty pleasure, I'm going to give you a true confession, okay? Okay. With a little anecdote. This is a true confession because I really do have one guilty pleasure and um, 
it's nothing to be proud of. Okay, so I might be blushing, but you know, luckily this is a podcast, so you don't see me blushing, but I'm going to be just, you know, brutally honest. My guilty pleasure is that I can indulge once in a while in watching some reality TV. And I think the reason for that is because any other show that I watch, I kind of dissect with a director's eye or a cinematographer's eyes. I look at the lighting and everything. So very often, subconsciously, it also feels like work. Reality TV takes that away from me where I can just really kind of shut down for some time and reboot. And so the show that I have been following is the Real Housewives franchise, you know, from Bravo. And uh, the anecdote I have is that many years ago, I interviewed with uh, Jenny Snyder Ehrman for a job on her new show, Jane the Virgin. And uh, they had already shot the pilot. And so I came in for my job interview. And very early on in my job interview, Jenny's asking me, so what shows are you watching these days? And she totally caught me by surprise. And I did not have anything clever handy to say like, oh, have you seen the drama on HBO? Nothing like that. So I just burst it out and said, like, to tell you the truth, right now I'm watching the new season of The Real Housewives of Orange County or whatever it was. And she just, you know, jumped on it right away. And she's like, me too. I love it. And so we totally bonded over The Real Housewives and chatted about that, about that franchise for 15 minutes, our take on that. And then at the end of it, she pointed at me and said, like, I want you to direct on Jane the Virgin. So it didn't get me in trouble. I, I found somebody who was like-minded, you know, about that. I mean, it's so interesting that you're saying that because I keep reading that everybody's talking about Selling Sunset. Apparently, that's been like the big reality thing everybody's been watching uh, during the pandemic. But so... That's interesting. Usually, you know, like, I mean, you can throw anything at me and it will stick, you know, like it, it, many, many years ago, it was like flip that house, flip this house, whatever, anything about real estate. Then there was the whole cooking wave and My husband is a great cook, so that still also finds its way into our homes, you know, cooking shows. I have only looked shortly into selling Sunset because I'm in general, real estate is also a hobby of mine. I also like to look, always like to look at houses and what's around me. And, uh, but currently I'm also watching the great pottery showdown, I think it's called on HBO. And it's amazing how much you learn about pottery. That's true. Let's go to the next question. What is the favorite job you've done? And it doesn't have to be a directing job, but it obviously it can be. Wow. There are many because I deeply enjoy what I do, be it as a cinematographer or as a director. So there are many, many, many. But as a director and thinking more recently, it for me, it would be The Wheel of Time. You know, the fantasy series I shot the pilot for in second episode, you know, for Rafe Judkins, you know, the show creator for Amazon in Prague last year. Now I have to say, and I shot a little bit this year because it was just as a, as an episodic director, you always come on to shows that are already established. So you're, you're a guest, you come and go, you get a certain amount of time to connect with the crew and the actors. And then when you're really kind of find your groove, you already have to leave again. And doing the Wheel of Time was a really long commitment. I think I was in Prague for roughly eight months. So building something from the ground up, every detail and creating this world with so many amazing, talented artists together and see it kind of rise up in front of us from nothing, you know, whatever we did, it was just incredibly exciting and fun and fulfilling. So I think that would be my, my favorite job so far. Okay. What do you most cherish in your friendships? Honesty. 
It's that's a quick one for me too. Honesty, honesty, honesty is incredibly important to me. And I, I even go that far with my kids. You know, if they get in trouble about something, as long as they tell me the truth, you know, nobody ever gets punished in inverted commas. You know, like there is no punishment. But uh, if I catch them in a lie, that's not so good. Not that they will get a big punishment then, but it's more like you know, that's I try to teach them that honesty is always the way to go. Who are your real life heroes? Many, <laughs> many. Oh my gosh. Just to spit some out, Nelson Mandela. And more recently, honestly, I'm very grateful to Joe Biden that he ran for president. Very grateful to him. Indeed. If you weren't a director, what would you be? Most likely I still would be a DP. I mean, I still consider myself a DP. So there's a fallback full-time career. Uh, but if I also take that out of the equation, I would say um, I would have followed maybe my first love of becoming a painter and starving artist. Somewhere, you know, like working very isolated by myself. If not that, maybe a writer. Mm -hmm. Which real life and or fantasy talent would you like to have? That's also an easy one. I would love to be a great singer. Because being able to sing, I think, is one of the most beautiful gifts you can be given to reach people with form of self-expression so instantly, like music does it. Again, a little anecdote. I'm a horrible singer. I could not be more far away from even being a decent singer. So there is no singing at all, you know, going on here with me ever because I've already given in that, you know, like not that it was ever anything that I would pursue. I mean, I found that out early on that I'm not a singer. But when my children were very young, I thought like, oh, wouldn't it be lovely if I sing like a German lullaby to them yeah. to put them to sleep, you know, and just give them some German culture and uh, not forget the German background, even though they're Americans. And even at a very, very young age, they started screaming and crying. And, and I, and I was thinking like, you're way too young to know what's good singing and bad singing. Here's your mother loving you, lovingly like serenading you. At least give me points for trying, you know? And then when they are a little bit older and I try it again, very tenderly, they even would start yelling, stop, stop. So, you know, I know for sure that I'm not a singer and that's a talent that I would have loved to have had. Okay. What is the last book you read? That would be, embarrassingly enough, would be The Eye of the World, the first book of the Wheel of Time series in preparation for my job. I have two other books that I'm halfway through right now, The Female Persuasion and Machines Like Us. But I, that has come to a screeching halt because since the pandemic, I mean, I always read a lot of scripts, but since the pandemic, it's just a flood of scripts daily. Sometimes I read two, sometimes even four scripts a day because everything that's left here right now is for studios, execs and networks to line up their next production and develop things. So there is just a lot of scripts being sent out continuously daily, you know, like people trying to team up and package things and get productions ready to go. Which sort of makes the next question a little bit tricky, but here we go. Do you have a favorite literary hero or heroine? I usually don't ask myself that question, but okay, I'm going back to a character that deeply moved me when I saw her. And this film is based on a book. I think the book is called The Story of a New Zealand River, 
which was the book that the film The Piano was based on, the James Campion movie. And I loved Holly Hunter's character, Ada McGrath, you know, so her silent rebellion and her passion for the arts and obviously, you know, for chunky Habika tale. So, yes, I liked Ada. Okay, what is the last movie or TV series that you saw? That would be The Undoing with Nicole Kidman and uh, Hugh Grant, Donald Sutherland on HBO. I just finished it Monday. Didn't realize a lot of people didn't know it was based on a book and it was quite clear <laughs> where it was going. Yeah, but Susanna Beer is always great, so I, I still enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. What is your favorite German film or series? Also an easy answer for me, because I think I just go with the one that really stuck with me. Being a young girl, a very young teenager, I remember vividly seeing The Tin Drum, Die Blechtrommel by Volker Schlöndorf, with the great Maria Adolf and um, Angela Winkler. And I think it's just one of the greatest German films. What is the last podcast you heard? Also, I don't have to think too far back. I have to tell you, I do not listen to too many podcasts. And I'm going to change that. But also, that was a curiosity. Uh, the podcast I listened to was The Dropout, the Elizabeth Holmes story, you know, the, the founder and uh, CEO of Theranos, the blood testing company. I was always fascinated with her character. And she has a trial coming up now, I think in March next year. It was pushed because of COVID. And uh, that's a podcast I listen to. In general, I really enjoy longer moments of silence. And I love listening to just birds and being in my garden. My husband runs around with his headphones all the time. He listens to podcasts nonstop. So I think one of my Christmas wishes this year is going to be, you know, like a little, you know, like wireless Bluetooth headphone that I can listen to when I take out dogs for a walk or so. I'm going to change that, going to be listening to more. Which trait do you like most in yourself? I like to think that I'm pretty compassionate to a point that it's not unusual for me to respond to a performance that I see on set with extreme emotions, be it laughter or just quite frankly crying if a performance is very emotional. So even as a DP, many times my IPs would fog up because the energy in the room and was just so engaged in what was happening in front of the lens. I, I think I'm a very compassionate person, not just when it's performance, but also in real life. Mm-hmm. Which trait do you dislike most in yourself? I think sometimes I can hold on to things that I shouldn't hold on to. And it's, it doesn't mean like holding a grudge. I would really criticize that. But it's more about disappointments. When I feel disappointed about something or I felt like something was unfair. I'm, I'm, I feel very strongly when I'm feeling like I'm being treated unfairly or seen the wrong way or whatever. And so if some disappointment or some personal hurt comes from that, that I, I can hold on to longer than I should. Okay. What is the last thing you regret and why? And it doesn't have to be a, a big thing. Okay, I have a, I have a small thing. <laughs> the last thing okay. and why? I have watched a lot of CNN and MSNBC the last couple of months leading up to the election. I mean, you could call it a slight addiction. It would, it would start in the morning, you know, when I wake up, you know, like turning on CNN or MSNBC and catching up on, you know, what was going on before the election. And of course, then during the election, because it spread it out over <laughs> several days to a point where my husband would look at me and go like, do you think it's healthy that you watch the news so much? I don't think it's healthy. And uh, I felt very 
very well informed and got very worked up about everything. And it made for really kind of nice, vivid, you know, conversations when I would walk my dog with another dog friend. But it was also too much time in, in front of the TV instead of time spent with my children. That's what I regret. Okay. Which random thing makes you happy? That could be an endless list, Christine. But, um, okay, given our pandemic situation and that we all live a little bit in our personal bubbles right now in our homes or we have to hunker down in our homes. I have always been a passionate gardener, but during this pandemic, my love for gardening has found a new high. And uh, every morning I walk through my garden or our garden and I, I feed the birds and, and I look at the plants and it gives me tremendous joy to see when a plant does well, you know, something that I planted and I see that the plant likes the spot that I've chosen or maybe I planted it or I replanted it from another spot in the garden to a spot where it has more sun or it has more shade. And so seeing that a plant does well or is recovering or is blooming, it will get little words of praise or sometimes words of encouragement. I am not ashamed to say that I also uh, can be found talking to my plants. And I just love my garden. I cherished every little tomato I plucked from our tomato plants during the summer or seeing a new bird that I haven't seen before coming up to one of my bird feeders. Something as simple as, you know, like the squirrel coming along and picking up a treat that I put out for it. So little things like this give me joy. Okay. Do you have a life motto? Again, something I don't ask myself. I don't have a life motto. I have friends, though, who quite often say something like, and I think it's also a little bit of California thing. They say, living your best life. And I always feel like, oh, gosh, they are living their best life. I, how do you live your best life? Am I living my best life? Of course, as a German, I immediately, you know, question that idea critically. But I also feel inspired by it whenever they say it. And maybe my life motto could be like uh, trying to live your best life. Be inspired by your friends living their best lives or in general, just maybe my motto would be be inspired by the people around you. Which already brings us to our last question, which is a little bit philosophical. How would you like to be remembered? I think I never take anything on thinking like I want to be remembered for anything I do or maybe I would have chosen a different profession if I wanted to be remembered. I love what I do. That is the reason why I do what I do with passion. I think when you work in the profession that we're working in, in the film or TV industry, there is no guarantee that you will find a path that will take you to success. So even to a job in the end that you are able to make a living with what you're doing. So if you're able to make a living with what you're doing and you love what you're doing, you're already incredibly lucky. And you do need luck to get there, I think. It's not just hard work or talent, whatever you want to call it. You do need luck. You need that one person or whatever who says, like, I want to give this person a, a shot. For me, it was Robert Colesbury when he hired me to do The Wire. I had done indie movies. I was barely holding on to, like, making a living. And I was in my early 30s, and I was thinking, maybe I have to rethink this whole cinematography thing that I'm doing, and always with the goal of becoming director eventually. And that's when Robert Colesbury, you know, agreed to have a meeting with me. He was looking for a new a DP for this show called The Wire. And he met me based on a demo reel that only had student work on it, stuff that I'd done at the American Film Institute as a student. And taking this risk, you know, to hire somebody that young for a show that ambitious or in a pretty rough environment like The Wire, uh, he took a chance on me. So I was lucky. 
I was lucky that I crossed paths with Robert Colesbury and he gave me a shot. And I think when it comes to me being remembered, I hope that I will be able to give that to somebody else, that I am able to help other people to achieve their goals or their dreams. If they say this about me, that I helped them and that I was kind, that would already be a great thing to be remembered by. And that's a perfect ending. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you so much, Christine. Short Take is produced by Christine Harriser on behalf of German Films, the National Information and Advisory Center for the Promotion of German Films Worldwide. To find out more about UTA, check out the links in our show notes. To stay up to date with our episodes, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts.